0: Hi, everyone. You are listening to Legacy of Leadership, a podcast from the UAB School of Nursing. My name is Erica Tecco, and I'm a marketing specialist with the School of Nursing. And
1: I'm Pam Fordham. I'm a former faculty member at the School of Nursing um, and a department chair. I have two degrees that I received from UAB, my master's
0: and my PhD. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. To start off, um, I'd love to hear about your journey to and through nursing. So what led you to pursue a career in nursing?
1: Well, from a very young age, I uh, had opportunities that sort of focused Red Cross had a program for teenagers in and then I had a lot of
0: As you mentioned earlier, uh, you have your master's and PhD from the UAB School of Nursing. How do you think those degrees and your overall education prepared you for your career? And are there any standout moments in your degree programs that you want to talk about?
1: I think that the um, the, the master's program was probably um, the best foundation for my pro- my progression professionally, because partly because it was one of the only times that I could be a full-time student. I was working part-time, but didn't have to work full-time. But in in my previous diploma and baccalaureate, and then later in my PhD, I was having to work full-time. But what was helpful was the faculty. We were very... doctoral students needed exposure outside of
0: And for anyone who's not familiar with Dr. Kelly, um, she was a, an associate dean for the graduate programs at the school and also really helped shape those graduate and doctoral programs. For you, what was it like knowing Dr. Kelly as um, a faculty member and then as a colleague and eventually as a friend? Um, she was a
1: profoundly uh, futuristic thinking person, and she did shape those graduate programs She did my interview for the master's program, and she just posed lots of thoughts and questions that I really found intriguing, and that really was beneficial to me, as well as her teaching style. She was so interactive with students. But she also, uh, when I finished the master's program, I went to another university first to work. And Dr. O'Coran who was the dean at that time, had developed the grant for the doctoral program, which originally was a Doctor of science in nursing, the DSM, but then it has been converted. You know, those of us that went through that program, we have PhDs. But they called me while I was teaching at the other university because they were going to start the program and um, wanted to have some input from other stu- former students. They also... Kelly wrote a grant for the outreach program, which um, she was very, very forward-thinking in that, that venture and called upon me to give input for that and for some possible teaching opportunities. So she really was um, amazing in in her forward-thinking and in her um, abilities to move particularly the school, the UAB um, School of Nursing, to be the premier institution, not
0: only in the state, but in the Southeast region. I agree. And the outreach program you mentioned, that's the uh, RV that went around, correct?
1: Yes. When I
0: was in school for my master's and, and
1: and for many years after that, you know, or before that, UAB was the only school that had a master's program. There were a few other programs in the state that had developed baccalaureate programs, but they didn't have master's opportunities, and so faculty either had to go out of state or or work out, take a leave or whatever to get a master's. was so um, innovative that that grant just was um, publicly
0: acknowledged as a very forward thinking. And one thing I've learned, I mean, I mentioned earlier that, you know, Dr. Kelly helped to shape so many of the programs within the School of Nursing. And as I've learned more about the outreach program and the RV, it really makes me think that was the first remote learning within this. It step. was,
1: Um, it was um, she not only developed the first grant, but she helped teach those of us that were faculty how to work on writing grants. So we had opportunities to develop those skills as well as our teaching and working with students. She also was a great believer in having lots of fun, and so she was very um, intrigued with some of the stories we would tell about things that happened when we were driving the RV. I know there was one story that I did uh, enjoy that <laughs> some of the faculty that went, I went to the Gadsden and the um, Hunt, the Decatur site, and um, actually she called me to set up the Gadsden site when I was at the other university, and then there was another two faculty members that went to Mobile and to Montgomery, and one time the people from, that went there to Mobile somehow had a late Friday class. And decided they would just go over to the beach and spend the weekend. And she gave them a hard time, but they, they, they were okay with it. She was okay with it. But it was kind
0: of uh, an interesting little side story. Yes, I love to hear that. Um, it's one of those bits of they were doing such important work in reaching these individuals who otherwise might not have been able to access a master's program. But they got to have fun while they did it. And then many
1: of those that pursued their um, master's through outreach, later applied. And when the doctorate, when the doctoral program was approved, they came back, you know, and, and wanted to pursue a doctorate. So that helped build the faculty across the state or the other programs. And it helped other programs open. Um, for example, I know that um, the Capstone College of Nursing at University of Alabama was actually opened by some faculty who had um, been through the outreach and
0: program. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. A, definitely a lasting legacy, a lasting impact on nursing yes. and nursing education. Yes.
1: When the outreach grant finished and I was sort of transferred to a full-time position on faculty in the school on campus, she was very supportive um, of all faculty. But I remember having, she provided me to do other things like writing those grants uh, for educational endeavors and, and working in other capacities. were starting to form, and there was, of course, the Alabama State Nursing Association, but there was a real need. That I think I was blessed
0: to have. Yeah. Losing a close friend and someone who's been there throughout your career is always difficult. But, but, but to the up until,
1: you know, even up until.
0: Something that shows that it wasn't just a lasting impact for those that she interacted with, but for her as well. So now I'd love to redirect and um, talk a little more about your experience in your career. So you were an early champion for palliative care, especially at UAB. What led you to your passion for palliative care and your interest in end-of-life care? And what has it been like to see palliative care and practice advance throughout your career?
1: Well... When I was in the diploma program uh, in nursing, I did have um, an opportunity that was sad, but I think it was very lasting in its impact on me, was a uh, patient that we had that um, had gone to surgery for having part of his lungs removed, but he coded on the table and they um, revived him. And and this was during a time before we had really CPR and we didn't have a lot of current technology. And... um, I was in a classroom and one of the instructors came to the door and pointed to three or four of us. And we thought we were in trouble. But what it was, was she wanted us to see this new fancy cardiac monitor. It was huge. And we went up to the patient's room to see this because this was new technology that was, you know, there were were monitors in the ORs. about palliative care later, but I um, didn't really put it together. But I also took a lot of classes in my baccalaureate and my graduate programs that really were more social, psychological, for elective types of things that that laid a foundation. And so in the mid-70s, we really saw um, the technology advance and we were really, really pushing the limit to keep people alive. And it, it's important to do everything we can, but there are we got so carried away with the high tech that we sort of lost some of the things that were important for comfort. And and I don't mean pain control. I mean, comfort spiritually, emotionally and other ways. Mm-hmm. So that was also during a time when the work of Cicely Saunders in England with the hospice movement and Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and others and in this country in nursing. She had started that movement. Coincidentally, we had a faculty member in the School of uh, Medicine who had just um, received a a particular dollar's option to study more about palliative care and medicine. Mm -hmm. So um, the student Mm -hmm. and I got together with that faculty member in the School of Medicine. His name was John Schuster, and we um, began to meet him, and he was on our doctoral committee. And then after that, John and I began to really focus on the need for palliative care and how UAB was a prime place with our innovative faculty across the campus, collaborative ventures. So Dr. Um, Schuster and I started working on that. And we worked with our deans, Dr. Booth at the School of Nursing and Dr. recognized. They are part of a palliative care center program that sends people for training opportunities. Um, it's just been a tremendous endeavor. And now the work that Dr. Tucker in medicine and Dr. Pekaitis in nursing have done have brought it to the level we want it, which
0: is a research base. Yes, it was recently named a university-wide interdisciplinary yes. research center, or, or you yes, work. I learned they were called. That was our original hope.
1: And it just took time. It just took time. And we are just, I'm, I'm just proud. I know John is too. We've had a few things where we've come back to campus for, and we're both very
0: proud that it has come to be. We knew it would take time. It was a landmark collaboration for it to be in such an interdisciplinary step. Yes, it was. It was. The timing was really a pivotal thing for us to, to get started. I agree. And I hear that so much in my conversations for this podcast, which, you know, we called it a legacy of leadership because as we look back on 70 years of the school of nursing, that theme continues to arise. It's people thinking forward, deans thinking forward, faculty thinking for the future and having the support and the passion to drive those initiatives forward. And of course,
1: Seems that the year 2020 and current 2021 were in great need of people with palliative care experience and and uh, specialty.
0: So true. Um, That's one thing I've talked with others about as well as the importance of understanding how palliative care factors into caregiving from understanding the patient and family needs to providing interventions and things that provide those needs. Absolutely. And so as a reflective question on 2020 and the COVID-19 pandemic, are there any other examples of some of those foundations that you saw really help get the School of Nursing, get the community or get care through the last year. Well, I think that the School of Nursing has been instrumental in de- for
1: decades in incorporating um, new ways to do things, how to innovate for teaching with technology, with um, other um, ideas of programs and, and um, opportunities. And I think that incorporating the students the way they have, I think the students during this current time are, are having a historical experience. Not only is their education going to be excellent, but they're having to look at this, what's happening during this time in healthcare. They will have many things to say decades down the road about how this may have impacted their futures and their progression. And I think that the School of Nursing's foundations that I had are still there. There are some that have been improved upon and new innovative things. And I think those are truly instrumental in um, carrying forth the the practices and the
0: legacy that the school will have, too. And so one big goal with this podcast is... Not only to highlight some of our alumni and faculty and students and let people get to know them, but I also hope that it shows future nursing students or nursing students who are early in their careers. I hope it shows them all of the different paths they can take in this field and all of the different ways that they can truly make an impact and leave a legacy of their own. So, as a wrap up question, what is some advice that you would give to a student listening to this? podcast. What would you want them to take away and to carry with them in their career?
1: I would say that they can do whatever they want to do. And if they have a goal in mind or or a seed planted somewhere, they can get there. It just may take time and they may have to look at some different pathways and modifications. But, you know, I didn't actually start my nursing career planning to do teaching, administration, developing a program, you know, that was totally um, futuristic. But along the way, I saw things that piqued
0: my interest or made me stop and think about another option. I think that's wonderful advice and so true. It's being able to spot some of those opportunities as they come toward you and having the courage to dream what the next step might be. Well, Dr. Fordham, thank you so much for joining me on the episode of the podcast. I really appreciated getting the chance to talk with you. Well, thank you. It's been an honor to talk with you. Thanks for listening to Legacy of Leadership, a podcast celebrating 70 years of the UAB School of Nursing. Want more from the UAB School of Nursing? Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at UABSON or on Facebook at UAB School of Nursing. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review on iTunes and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.